Welcome in to another edition of the Wisports.net podcast. I'm Travis Wilson, general manager at Wisports.net, and your host for the WSN podcast. We're into the second week in April. We are into the second week of high school football practices. Scrimmages take place around the state Friday and Saturday. The first games of the high school football season are just one week away. As we get geared up, we want to take a chance to thank our sponsor of the WSN podcast, the Wisconsin Department of Transportation. Help save lives on Wisconsin roads and eliminate crashes. Join the Wisconsin Department of Transportation's new campaign, Buckle Up, Phone Down. Commit to always buckle your seatbelt and put your phone down while driving every trip, every time. Take the pledge at wisconsindot.gov. Well, today on the WSN podcast, we're going to take a look at some of the storylines that we will be following heading into the year, during the course of the year, and throughout the 2022 high school football season which is just around the corner, one week away, first game's coming up, is, uh, is it's, it's about to be go time. And we're looking forward to a great new year. We're looking forward to an increased return to normalcy, of course. Um, you know, Last year, when it comes to the COVID cancellations, things were, were significantly improved. Um, we still had some impacts. It wasn't nearly as bad as the, uh, the year before in, in the fall of 2020 and the spring of 2021, but there were still some games impacted. In fact, a total of uh, 91 games were canceled or perhaps delayed, uh, but most of them just outright canceled because of COVID out of uh, about 2,100 total games that were scheduled. So 96% of games were, were played. In fact, there were more games canceled for non-COVID reasons, 154 non-COVID cancellations compared to 91 COVID cancellations. Again, a, a significant improvement from that fall 2020 season when only about 76% of games got played. There were 301 cancellations, 939 games played. We expect, uh, I, I would expect that number will be pretty close to 100% in terms of the number of games that get played and uh, and not impacted by COVID cancellations. I would be surprised if there's more than more than a handful or a few handfuls throughout the year. But we'll see. And that will be something that we'll continue to monitor. We'll continue to, uh, to provide some updates on if it does happen. Um, but there are a number of other things that we're going to be talking about this year. And let's start with some rule changes. There were a couple that were a little bit more significant than what we've seen in recent years. And the first one is one that I have been advocating for for a long time, and that is finally here, and that is the ability for quarterbacks to throw the ball away in certain situations. It's uh, no longer intentional grounding to throw the ball away. If you're out of the pocket, if the ball reaches the line of scrimmage, it's it's essentially the same rule as what is in college and the NFL that many people are are used to. So... That's one thing that we'll be removing from our bingo card. Uh, the, uh, the, the, the square that we would have on there for people uh, yelling, he was out of the pocket. Well, in the past, in high school, it didn't matter. There was no such thing as being able to throw the ball away. You always had to have a, a, a target in the area. Uh, great thing, in, in my opinion, to increase player safety. If uh, a quarterback is rolling out to the sideline and you don't give them any options except to go out there and take a big hit, that's that's not what we want in high school football, so I really like this rule. I, I don't anticipate it being extremely difficult to officiate. Um, you know, was he in or out of the pocket? That's, you know, 
could be a little bit challenging, but generally, I think it's going to be relatively easy for uh, for officials to to officiate. Maybe we'll call this the Braylon Allen rule, I guess. Uh, but you can now wear number zero in high school football. Previously, you could not. Of course, Braylon Allen did not wear number zero at Fond du Lac High School, uh, but he does for the Wisconsin Badgers. So we'll see how many zeros are sported out there this year. There was also a redefinition of the chop block and, and what that means, essentially uh, moving that that area up. If you're getting blocked high and low, it used to be low meant under or at the knees or below, and now it's at the waist or below. So a redefinition of the chop block was uh, was one of the other rule changes. Um, a couple of procedural play clock related items as well. But to me, the big uh, big one was the uh, the ability to throw that ball away as a quarterback outside of the pocket. Again, getting it back to the line of scrimmage. We we knew this was coming uh, for a couple of years once the referendum passed. Uh, but this will be the first year that it takes effect, and that is the split of the Sun Prairie High Schools, uh, or or split of Sun Prairie High School into two high schools. Mm-hmm. Of course, last year there was a, a little bit of that. Um, last dance feel, if you will, with uh, Sun Prairie, outstanding team, you know, one last chance to be together. They knew the split was coming, got all the way to the state championship game only to to uh, lose to Franklin. We'll call, talk a little bit about that situation later. But um, this year, you have Sun Prairie East, which is the Cardinals, which is the, the old school, which that school is not very old. But um, the, uh, the new school, Sun Prairie West, it opens this year, and so now the athletes for Sun Prairie are split into into two. The enrollment figures for both teams, uh, for both schools, is uh, upper 1,200s. I, I think maybe one of them is actually over 1,300, possibly, in the official numbers we got. Um, and, of course, that addition of Sun Prairie West necessitated some additional moves to make the realignment work. And so there was realignment this year throughout the state. Uh, it was it was the year to to move teams around. Uh, Sun Prairie East and West moved to uh, from the Big 8 Conference to the Badger Large, and that had several other um, domino type of moves, including Reedsburg and Baraboo moving up to the Mississippi Valley Conference, although that, that had as much to do with just the the challenges of the geography and school size up in that area where there's really six teams that work well and you need seven or eight to form a conference. So previously River Falls had come down much to their chagrin. They did not like it. Uh, but now Baraboo and Reedsburg will go up to the Mississippi Valley conference and, and they haven't been too pleased about that either. But Sun Prairie splitting into two schools, you know, it, it does change some dynamics uh, as a state runner up from last year. You know, East is not going to be as strong as what they would have been, certainly. Um, they will likely, almost certainly, drop down to Division Two, which will help a little bit. Um, but how East and West fare this year is going to be very, very interesting for, for us to follow. And, of course, moving into the Badger Large Conference, that means that Wanakee will be in there. So we'll get that Wanakee-Sun Prairie matchup that we have wanted uh, for so long, uh, one that uh, we we kind of got a preview of in the past uh, because they did run contact days together for a number of years. I went over and watched their their joint contact days several times uh, with Wanakee and Sun Prairie. But a lot of people, uh, a lot of fans in the Madison area would have loved 
to see that matchup, just like Wanakee and Middleton, which did occur last year, of course. Um, so, you know, how's that Badger Large going to shake out? Where does East slot in? Are they are they behind Wanakee? Do they challenge Wanakee? Is uh, what does West do as a brand new program? Of course, a lot of the athletes uh, will have played football. All of them will have played football for, uh, at at uh, Sun Prairie, but. The bulk of the returning contributors stayed at East with a few uh, heading over to West, including J. Allen Dane, defensive lineman, uh, Ian Ackley, a, a talented uh, two-way player. There was some uh, consternation about how that split was handled and, and how that worked at, uh, at Sun Prairie uh, in terms of what school do you go to, can you open enroll, if you will, to stay at Sun Prairie East. If you have siblings that went there, uh, can you stay? And how they split that, there was uh, um, you know, some frustrations, I think, from, uh, from some people in Sun Prairie. But ultimately, it's split now. And, and of note, uh, talking to head coach Brian Kaminsky, who's the head coach at Sun Prairie, now Sun Prairie East, you know, we were talking this summer about what they had been doing with West because West building has not uh, been available to them pretty much all summer. So they did not have a weight room to go to. They did not have workout facilities. So all those kids have been working out at Sun Prairie East. And, and Coach Kaminsky said, you know, we're just one. We, we, we're still one community. Those are still kids that played for us. We care about them. We want them to have the best opportunity to be successful. And that means we're going to have to share our facilities with uh, with kids that we're going to be playing against this year. Uh, and they do share, of course, Ashley Field or uh, Bank of Sun Prairie uh, Stadium, as it were. Uh, brand new facility a couple years ago. The best high school only uh, facility in the state of Wisconsin. Um, they will share that facility. And the way it worked out, they, they, they have alternating home games, essentially. So there hasn't really been a lot of you know they haven't had to play double headers. They haven't had to do much of playing one team on Thursday at home, the other team on Friday at home. They they were able to make it work so that they could keep as many games as possible on Friday and get both of them the home games that they needed. So Sun Prairie split something again that we we knew was coming and now is here and now we will uh, get a chance to see what that's going to mean. Speaking of Sun Prairie, again, they lost to Franklin in that Division I state championship game last year. And Franklin, a uh, really talented team led by Miles Burkett, the outstanding quarterback who was the player of the year in the state of Wisconsin, headed off to the University of Wisconsin now. Um, you know, are, are they in a position where they can repeat? They've got a really talented junior class coming in. They've got uh, certainly some question marks you know, with some of those outstanding players that have left. But of these returning champions... Who's, who's got the best chance to repeat? Who will repeat? Who might fall off a little bit? Uh, almost every year we see a team that played in the state championship game the year before that does drop off a, a good amount and, and maybe even misses out on the playoffs. Um, I, don't, I don't foresee that happening this year, but you never know. Um, I, I think most people would agree the team most likely to repeat would be Division Four state champion Catholic Memorial. Um, you know they they seem like they are the favorites in Division Four as long as they play in Division Four. Uh, just so much talent on that roster and so much young talent as well. We'll talk a little bit about later. But man, um, hard to see anyone in Division Four challenging them. Wanakee, defending champion in Division Two, are, are they? Uh, do they have enough uh, coming up? 
to replace a really senior-dominated group. Pewaukee was uh, uh, maybe a little bit of a surprise uh, winner of the Division Three state championship last year. They were 7-2 and two in the regular season, finished behind Catholic Memorial in the Parkland Conference, but put it all together at the right time behind a really stout defense and uh, got the job done in Division Three. Aquinas certainly has the uh, the firepower to win it all in Division Five once again. Jackson Flotmeyer, their quarterback, coming back, uh, Division One prospect, one of the best uh, players, one of the best quarterbacks in the state of Wisconsin, uh, leading the way for them. Colby, you know, are, what's what's going to happen with Colby? Um, they, uh, based on our projections, we have them uh, potentially making a move. Uh, they were the Division Six champions last year, of course, but. Their enrollment has uh, has changed such that I think it's almost certain that they are ending up in Division Five now. In fact, they're you know pretty close to the middle of what we project as the Division Five enrollment gap. So um, it would seem likely we would have a new champion in Division Six, and is that St. Mary Springs, who was the runner-up last year? Are there other teams that could get in that mix? What other teams will get in that mix? Division 7, Reedsville, they had some pretty significant offseason uh, changes, not only graduation losses, Brennan Duracic, their outstanding uh, quarterback, um, but also Aaron Frederick, their head coach, uh, stepped aside um, relatively late in the offseason, and, and Sam Schaefer took over there as the head coach at Reedsville. That was in the, uh, the springtime. Um, so some changes there. Coleman, who was the runner-up in Division 7 last year, we project to be pretty safely in Division Six this year. Their enrollment increased substantially. They're at 221 this year, which is way, way above where the D6, D7 cut line has ever been. Speaking of the cut line, again, Coleman, we project to go up to Division Six. Also, Bangor, who's been one of the stalwarts in Division Seven, uh, looks like uh, I would think they are very likely to go to Division Six. Um, not 100%, but but very likely, I would think. Uh, Regis is right on that D6, D7 cut line again. Blackhawk Warren, depending on where the official enrollment number for Warren comes in, which we have not received yet, uh, they could be on that D6, D7 cut line, Blackhawk and Regis both. Uh, on that 5-6 cut line, Marshall is right there. They've got an outstanding team. Broadhead is on that 4-5 cut line along with Northwestern. The Division II, Division Three cut line is always one that's really interesting to watch and, and see where that comes in because it really can impact what happens, especially in Division Three. A lot of times the Division Three state champion comes from uh, a team that's in that upper end of the enrollment. Uh, teams that have kind of been on the bubble in, in the last couple of years, like West Appear, Burlington, Ashwabanon, DeForest, Greendale, Menasha, you know, some of them are going to be on that cut line again. I think DeForest is high enough that they're likely Division II. Menominee is going to be pretty close to the cut line, though. Ashwabanon, I mean, if Menominee goes down to Division III, obviously that, that certainly increases their chances. Um, if Menasha stays Division III, they're maybe the favorites in Division III. So a lot to be figured out, determined on that cut line as we get towards the end of the season. And once we get into weeks seven, eight, nine, that will be a big focus for us, of course, breaking down uh, where we think those cut lines will go 
some of the games that could impact that uh, that cut line. Uh, so something we're going to continue to follow throughout the year. And, and to give a little bit of a tease, um, there could be some changes, not in the playoffs themselves, but in how some of that information gets released this year. Um, a chance that, that we could uh, do some work uh, on that. Um, I'll just kind of throw it out there and tease right now. And uh, there will be some more information that, that we'll have to share uh, over the course of the season as we get a little bit closer, but some pretty cool things. I think people will be excited about what the WIAA is looking at doing to build up the excitement level and build up the promotion of that uh, that playoff release and uh, and some cool things that, that we might be able to be a part of along with that. So stay tuned for that. Every year, coaching changes is a big deal, uh, and this year is no different. We have some coaches that have stepped aside at some pretty successful programs, we have some coaches that have stepped back in, stepped back into it after maybe a few years away. But let's kind of go through the list. Of course, one of the big ones at, at Kimberly this year, Steve Jones stepped aside to pursue a, a career in private uh, private business um, and doing some great things with his speaking and leadership development uh, program. But a big loss for the papermakers. But they uh, they went out and got a coach, uh, Chad uh, Mikkelkavich. Um, who had had great success at De Pere, he's moving over to Kimberly. And I would expect Kimberly to continue on as one of the state powers for sure. At De Pere, with, uh, with, with Chad leaving, Ben Strickland steps in, former Wisconsin player and assistant coach, had been most recently an assistant coach at Edgewood High School for a few years. He's making the trip up and going to be the head coach at De Pere. And we're looking forward to following Coach Strickland and, and how he keeps that Redbird program going. At Fond du Lac, Stephen Jorgensen stepped aside last year uh, in in the not the middle of the year, but uh, during the season, um, and they ended up uh, going with Sam Plucker as the new head coach this year at Fond du Lac, who of course uh, in the spring of twenty one had just an incredible incredible season. Um, speaking of coaches uh, coming back. Mike Moreau making a return trip to Hilbert. I think this is his, I believe this is his third stint with Hilbert as the head coach. He also spent a number of years as an assistant coach there. He was a head coach at uh, Kalkona for a little bit as well. Um, has not been at Hilbert, I think, since 2006, but it was part of three state championships in previous coaching stints at Hilbert as either a head coach or assistant. Mike Breckheimer stepped down there. Mike Moreau stepped in as the head coach at Hilbert. Chad Clary was a longtime head coach at Ithaca. He stepped aside. Steve Olson is the new head coach there. Uh, unfortunately, uh, longtime assistant coach Jim Harris, who was with Coach uh, Clary for a number of years. Coach Harris was my high school football coach. He passed away in the offseason. Uh, so going to be a number of changes there at Ithaca. Steve G steps aside at Jefferson. You've got Scott Slotten coming in there. Kohler Sheboygan Lutheran Christian got caught up a little bit in the, the coaching carousel as Ryan Eigenberger uh, left there after putting up some pretty impressive offensive totals the last couple years. And he's now the head coach at Stevens Point, replacing Michael Krenz. A uh, couple uh, interesting and uh, noteworthy uh, coaching changes in the Milwaukee area. You got uh, Tom Swiddle, Hall of Fame head coach, stepping back into it at Milwaukee Vincent, replacing Greg Love. And Anthony Dowry, who's been a longtime assistant at Milwaukee King, great advocate for the Milwaukee City Conference. We had uh, an outstanding conversation with him on the WSN podcast a couple weeks ago. 
He's now the new head coach at Milwaukee Marshall. We mentioned Aaron Frederick resigned at Reedsville, the defending Division 7 state champion. Sam Schaefer is the new head coach there. Tim Eastlick stepped aside after 18, 20 years as the head coach at River Valley. Dan Makovic, good friend of mine, Chad Maxwell, are the new co-coaches at River Valley. Somerset has a coaching change this year, as unfortunately and tragically, uh, legendary head coach Bruce Larson passed away in February and uh, left a, a, certainly a big hole in not only the, the Somerset program, but just the coaching community in general. Uh, the NFL Coach of the Year back in, I think it was 2014, a number of uh, state championships, really impactful coach, and uh, Joe Hutter is the new head coach there. Dave Richardson, longtime head coach at Verona, ended up with, uh, I believe it was over 200 career wins at Verona in a couple other previous stops, uh, but Andrew Riley is the new head coach at Verona. Relatively late in the offseason, and this was this was something we saw with with some uh, some coaching changes late into the the offseason, into the summertime, into June and July. But uh, Andy Colstead out at Wauwatosa West, Ray Carlin Hubbard in at Wauwatosa West, and then Bernard Holsley, who had done a great job with Wittenberg Burnhamwood last year, got them to the state semifinals. They beat Amherst in the playoffs. Um, just a, a great great year after uh, really some some struggles in in recent times. He stepped aside at Wittenberg Burnhamwood, and Jason Reek is the new head coach at Wittenberg Burnhamwood. So coaching change is always something that we, we pay attention to, and you can find that full list of coaching changes at wisports.net, of course. Let's help save lives on Wisconsin roads and eliminate crashes. Join the Wisconsin Department of Transportation's new campaign, Buckle Up, Phone Down. Commit to always buckle your seat seatbelt and put your phone down while driving every trip, every time. Take the pledge at wisconsindot.gov. Well, speaking of coaches, uh, we've got some coaching milestones that could be in reach, and none bigger than Bob Hyland, legendary head coach at St. Mary Springs, winner of 17 state championships, nine in WIAA, eight in WISA. He's only eight wins away from 500. Uh, a review of their, their records, uh, we thought maybe he was at 493, but he clarified, he and his wife Carol, that he's at 492. 492 wins, tops in the state of Wisconsin. I believe that's top 10 uh, in the country. Uh, so he's uh, got a pretty good chance to get to 500 this year, which is certainly a huge milestone. Would be the first head football coach to get to 500 victories, of course. Um, and Jerry Sins at Edgar, he needs three wins to get to 450. He's second on the all-time coaching list. Bill Young at Catholic Memorial is uh, third. He's active as well. So the top three coaches, all active in, uh, in terms of career wins. Not only do we have some coaching news that we, we have to talk about, but we also have some player news that we need to, uh, to touch base on. And, you know, this is an interesting year from an uh, individual player standpoint uh, with a 2023 class that um, does not have the kind of star power and high level high amount of division one uh you know big 10 type uh offers in it um that we have normally seen right now there's only one player with a big 10 scholarship offer that's nate white the running back from milwaukee king that has committed to wisconsin lots of good talent lots of good depth in this class of 2023 but 
just not that high level of offers that we have seen in the past. Our second-ranked player, unfortunately, is going to miss the season, Xander Rockow from Regis, outstanding two-way star. He's committed to Minnesota as a preferred walk-on. He's going to be out for the year with a shoulder injury that happened before practices even got underway. Will McDonald from uh, from Hudson, he had a couple uh, Power 5 offers. He had offers from Kansas and Iowa State, along with uh, some other offers. He committed to Wisconsin just uh, in the last week as a preferred walk-on, where his brother Cade uh, McDonald is a standout as well. Um, and so just, you know, not not a lot of those uh, those Big Ten type of offers coming in this year for this group. Talented class. Uh, in fact, it's really it was really difficult as I was putting together the, the player rankings, the top 50. I mean, after six or eight, you know, you could you could almost put, 10 through 50 in a hat, draw them out in any order, and you wouldn't necessarily be wrong. Um, good kids, good players, getting some good offers, some good uh, collegiate attention, just not at that, uh, that high, high level that we've come to, uh, to know. The 2024 class, though, that's a little bit different story. There really are some elite national-level recruits in that class of 2024, starting with a couple of... Uh, uh, standouts at Catholic Memorial in that 24 class, which is now juniors. Donovan Harbor, offensive lineman from Catholic Memorial. He's got offers from essentially everybody, including Wisconsin. Uh, Corey Smith, the running back, has an offer from Wisconsin and a whole bunch of other top-level programs. You've got Derek Jensen from Arrowhead uh, that's that's got uh, a number of Division One offers. That group is really talented. Uh, Colton Brunel is a kid I really like at Columbus. There's just a lot of talent that is going to be, you know, in that Big Ten uh, area uh, as far as offers. Um, either they're there or they will soon be. Either during the course of the season, after after this season, whatever. Uh, it's going to be a little bit more traditional uh, offer lists from those kids from uh, from what we've seen in the past. So. Who's going to be the first one to commit, though? That's kind of the interesting story that uh, you know that we're we're looking at with the 24 class right now. Anybody going to commit this you know during the course of the season? Um, again, some pretty strong offers out there already. So there are options for some of those kids, and are they going to make make some early commitments? Pull the trigger early uh, is something that we'll continue to watch as well. Uh, we mentioned the injury to Xander Rockow. There's some other injuries that are unfortunately uh, you know going to crop up. We're gonna we're going to see some outstanding kids, um, you know, kids in our top 50 or, or elsewhere that uh, you know have to miss some time or maybe even the season because of uh, of the um, of the injury bug. But there's also some some not great news from a team perspective in some places. Um, already, we've seen a number of teams that have had to forfeit. Wausau East decided they were not going to have a varsity team a long time ago. Their plan had been to go play eight-player like they did last year. Uh, however, they just uh, had, had kind of flipped and are instead going to have an 11-player JV team. Uh, I don't know if they'll also have a freshman team. I think they'll have two levels, but uh, they're not going to play eight-player. And I think there's a couple things that went into that. Number one, um, the WIA is working with teams that if they drop varsity 11-player football, they're encouraging them to play JV 11-player and work to get back to playing 11-player football, especially bigger schools like Wausau East. Wausau East home 
long term is not playing eight player football. Um, so even though it's tough, even though you could have seniors coming down mm-hmm. and perhaps playing JV or varsity reserve, whatever you want to call it, you know, it's it's uh, it, it keeps them on the path to keeping that eleven player season alive, and. If you drop and you play 11-player JV, you're, you're okay. There's there's no penalties or sanctions or anything like that. If you drop and you decide to go to 8-player football, you are technically leaving your conference. You are making a move to 8-player football outside of the designated window, and you could incur uh, you could incur penalties, postseason restrictions as a result of that. So... Um, that's the way Wasa East is going, and that's the way a couple of other teams are going. Dominican and St. John's Northwestern Academies uh, announced in the last week or so, uh, or shortly before practices got started, that they were not going to be fielding varsity teams, and uh, as far as I know, are going down and playing uh, uh, JV. Um, Pius was kind of on the fence of what was going to happen with them. They they were dealing with some low numbers, uh, and they were they were kind of uncertain. Did make the decision. They are going to give it a go in 11 player. Uh, they've they've got enough kids out, and it's just a matter of how long they can keep all those kids out and healthy and eligible and, and everything else to, to make it through a season. Uh, also, going back to the Wausau East situation really quickly, the other part of it was that their head coach, uh, Henry Krems, uh, Kremnitzer, had resigned into the summertime, maybe even into July, and uh, had kind of put them in a difficult spot without a coach, without an 11-player varsity team. And so I, I wonder, too, how much that played into their decision to uh, to just play 11-player JV instead of playing 8-player varsity. We hope we don't have any other teams that, that have those issues, that have um, participation challenges and, and have to consider dropping their varsity seasons either you know midway through the year or, or at any point. But the reality is, Almost every year for the last 10 years or, or, or more, somebody has dropped out or canceled games after getting going. Maybe they had to drop the last couple games, maybe maybe whatever. Um, and it's just something we hope we don't have to deal with. Uh, but uh, if it does happen, you know we'll, uh, we'll move forward. And, and as always, we'll, we'll try to be a clearinghouse and an assistance to coaches and schools that are looking for replacement games and try to make some connections as we've done in the past to uh, to facilitate those kids getting some opportunities uh, to continue to play. Again, let's help save lives on Wisconsin roads and eliminate crashes. Join the Wisconsin of Department of, Wisconsin Department of Transportation's new campaign, Buckle Up, Phone Down. Commit to always buckle your seatbelt and put your phone down while driving every trip, every time. Take the pledge at wisconsindot.gov. So those are some of the storylines that we're following throughout the course of this year. Um, Sun Prairie split, how that's going to work, where the cut lines are going to be, how some of these conference changes uh, this year will will impact things, how coaching changes will impact things. So a lot of different things that we're going to be paying attention to over the course of the next, what, three months as we move into uh, into the actual games in, in the fun part of the season. We are continuing our preparations for the season. We've got, of course, the schedules, and we're working on getting the rosters entered now that those are, are coming available and coming in from the from the coaches. We'll get those entered as soon as we can. 
Of course, you can find uh, scores, box scores, all that good information at WSN. We are uh, nearing the finish line in our conference previews. There are, I believe, down to 10 or maybe less than 10 remaining after today. Um, work through all of the eight-player uh, conference previews already. And, and, of course, eight-player does not get underway until the second week of 11-player games. But uh, we're almost done with conference previews. As you may have seen, we published our football uh, senior award watch list on WSN this week as well. Did get some feedback on a few of those, wondering why I'm not ranked or included or where am I at and and whatever. And, you know, certainly understandable on, on some of those and some questions on them. You know, if a, a player had seven receptions last year and they're not on the wide receiver watch list, you know, <laughs> that, that's why. Seven receptions last year. So, uh, you know, if you want to get on the list, we'll redo them completely for our semifinalist list. So come out and have a great year. Get yourself on one of those watch lists. Make it, uh, you know, that we have to uh, have to include you. And uh, you do not have to be included on a watch list to be selected for a semifinalist position either because you're just stepping into a new role this year and you know you're getting more opportunities or maybe you change positions or whatever it might be uh, there's not any requirement that you have to um, you know have to be on a watch list to be included on the semifinalist or even the finalist list as we move into the end of the year semifinalists for those senior football awards though will be announced mid-season we'll have our finalists for the awards uh, the after the first week of playoffs and then the winners announced the week of the state finals always a great uh, time always tough to pick those and, and narrow those down especially when you go from the semifinalist to the finalist list and that's why i cheat so often and we say we're supposed to have five finalists but we end up with six or eight or whatever because it's just really hard to, to pare down when you're talking about 400 some high schools uh playing high school football um to get it down to five quarterbacks or five offensive linemen especially since you know there's five linemen on the field every play it's it's really really challenging so I, I cheat and, and I don't care because because <laughs> it's mine and I can do it the way I want we try to recognize as many kids uh as we can anyway so uh senior football awards coming out we're so excited to be able to bring back our game of the week this year sponsored by quick trip and also this year co-sponsored by the dairy farmers of Wisconsin we are uh, going to be announcing our first five nominees for week one, Quick Trip and Wisconsin Dairy Game of the Week, on Monday, where you'll have a chance to vote on where you think I should go, which game I should go to, which one is the biggest game in the state. Uh, a, a huge response to that last year. It was awesome to see the participation from the schools and communities. Um, just a really cool thing. One of the, the coolest things that we've done since I've been at WSN, and we're so excited to have Quick Trip back on board and have the Wisconsin Dairy Farmers uh, on board as well. Um, keep an eye out. We'll have some uh, some giveaways of some stuff uh, along with that campaign. And again, make sure you participate and, and have a say in where I go. For so many years, I got, why don't you ever come see us? Why don't you ever come here? You never go there. You always go here. Well, now that uh, I am still involved with Football Friday Night, the radio show, and will be involved this year again, but my involvement's a little bit different. I'm not in studio in Madison having to stay within 15 minutes of, uh, of the studio to be able to get back and, and do the show. Um, it freed me up to be able to go around to different places and 
see a lot of different games. And, and as I said, I was so thrilled to go to Hurley last year. That was an awesome experience. I wanted to go there. I nominated, I think it was Edgar Hurley earlier in the year and didn't uh, it, it didn't work out that time, but I uh, went up and saw Hurley. Unfortunately, they lost in level three to Coleman. So hopefully they'll let me come back sometime. But I want to go to Superior. I want to go to, um, I want to go to an MPS game. I want to go to uh, Sturgeon Bay, Southern Door, get me going some different places. I love seeing different teams and seeing different parts of the state than what I have been able to see before. Now, um, I've seen, I think it's around 200 teams in person in my time at WSN. So I, I've seen a lot of different teams, and, and you might be surprised at, at how many I have seen over the years. But uh, this is a great opportunity to get out and, and see some different stuff going on this year. So make sure you participate in that quick trip in Wisconsin Dairy Game of the Week. Really excited to get that going. We'll also have our regular previews that will start coming out each week. Those come out on Wednesday night or Thursday, uh, previewing, the bi previewing the big games uh, around the state that week. Very excited to have Jolly Good Soda uh, as our sponsor of the Football Player of the Week. So after week one, we'll, be we'll begin that, the Jolly Good Player of the Week. We'll have our WSN Team of the Week poll as well that you can vote in. Um, and then we'll kind of fall into our regular cadence. Tuesday uh, the Tuesday after the first week will be the first coaches poll that we'll have on Wisports.net. Wednesdays we preview the eight-player games. Um, have our uh, Normally our, our WSN podcast comes out on Wednesday as well. Thursdays is our big preview day for our weekend preview. And uh, Friday, it's it's games. It's it's getting out to games. The uh, quick trip in Wisconsin Dairy uh, game of the week. Um, getting to follow so many games around the state. And again, I'll continue to be involved in football Friday night. Uh, coming on there for a, a segment or two each night to uh, recap what's going on, and we'll be promoting it on WSN as well. So uh, it's it's great to be almost back. The preparations for the season. Uh, uh, can be a challenge. It's it's you know it, it's more time consuming to get everything ready to go than it is once the season starts. Uh, I love when the games get going because things kind of slow down and settle into a familiar cadence, and uh, can just kind of enjoy things and get out and see some great games. So we're very close. We're very close to that. Um, and don't forget, also we have uh, you know plenty going on in the high school basketball realm as well. Mark Miller recently published some updated player rankings for boys basketball. We'll start preseason content not too far away for boys and girls basketball. Norbert Durst will be uh, cranking out some preseason content for girls hoops. September 11th is the WSN Basketball Showcase at Kettle Moraine High School. Looking forward to getting back there and working with the great folks at Kettle Moraine. And uh, it should be another great day of basketball. So uh, you'll get signed up for that, uh, that great event. And we're looking forward to that as well. But, uh, you know, we're, we're here. We're, we're almost to... Almost to the start line, but it certainly in many ways feels like we're almost to the finish line. Uh, we're to the finish line of preparations. We're to the start line of, of games and, uh, and excited to get back at it. Again, one more chance to help save lives on Wisconsin roads and eliminate crashes. Join the Wisconsin Department of Transportation's new campaign, Buckle Up, Phone Down. Commit to always buckle your seatbelt and put your phone down while driving every trip, every time. Take the pledge at wisconsindot.gov. Well, that'll do it for this week's WSN podcast. I am Travis Wilson. We'll see you at a game. <laughs>